Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the curated cinema showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For a free 30-day trial subscription, all you gotta do is go to mubi.com slash filmstage. back ladies and gentlemen to a brand new episode of the film stage show the movie review podcast for the filmstage.com as always i am your host brian j rowan with me today we have rob and bar <laughs> i don't know what to say all right weird uh we also have uh the hopefully more <laughs> my improv skills just <laughs> fell out of the I don't know. Yeah, not having anything to say. Perfect for a person who is about to be on a podcast. Uh, we also have with us the hopefully better prepared Bill Graham. No spoilers for Outcast or Outlander. Sorry. Good God, people. What is happening? Can we just today? do that again? No, no. you're gone. No. no. Your no. shame will no. live forever. And the other voice that you just heard is our special guest for this episode, which is on Belfast. The newest film from writer-director Kenneth Branagh, who you might remember from Tenet. And uh, that guest is DJ Mecca. Oh, I, yes. you know what? I'm so happy that you remember. Thank you. You're yes, welcome. it's me. It's me in between my spinning gigs. Um, I was able to see the new Kenneth Branagh. Um, and so happy to be here to talk about this film with all y'all. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely. And we are oh, happy yeah. to have you here. Um, I'm just going to say up front, I will not be a part of this conversation. Uh, life events have conspired that kept me from being able to see this movie. And um, I feel bad about that because this movie 100% looks like it is right up my alley. And I'm looking forward to seeing it at some point. And uh, I was really hoping I'd be here to probably get in a fight with uh, Robin about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know you brought here's the thing you brought in another catholic lapsed yeah. lapsed though i may be i oh, am a see, catholic still deep down i know you're not i know I'm you're not, not. i know okay. i'm fully on board i am just so, make it seem like you're a dime a dozen i am so catholic that my daughter goes to a catholic school and wow. i over the weekend went to a a birthday party at a bar for a a father of one of her friends who i've become friendly with and one of the people that he invited to come to this bar with us was the parish priest. I was going to say, it had to be. Yeah. And that's like the, the most Irish Catholic thing that I can imagine. And it was great. I'm um, still Irish enough that I kind of like The Devil's Own starring Brad Pitt. So, you oh know, boy, that is there are different question. levels. There are different <laughs> levels of catholicism in this country do though, you yeah. watch the wind that shakes the barley every saint patrick's day that's the real not, test of an irishman not every but i've seen it uh excuse me i've seen it more than once and okay. i like it quite a bit so awesome well that's that's good that's good enough yeah. then yeah um yeah. it is a literal sin uh mortal and venal that i did not get a chance to see this movie to talk about it because and i can say this because she is asleep and she cannot hear me for christmas I brought my daughter and I from Ireland. I literally have the trick, the tracking on my phone right now saying that it is coming from Dublin, a set of hurling sticks and slitters so that I can teach her how to play hurling. 
I was I was gonna say, did you buy her some whiskey? And no. I was gonna be like, okay. Okay, so Bill actually <laughs> my my <laughs> distillery just bottled we started bottling another run of whiskey and we are now up to bottle two thousand something something. And I took out of inventory the bottle that has been numbered two thousand and sixteen because that is the year in which my daughter was born. And I will oh. hold that bottle until she is twenty one and then we shall drink together. Yeah, right. Just, Just wait like until it. she's eighteen. Just wait to see Like, come on, man. For legal purposes graduated. For legal purposes, college. I am saying that I will wait until she is twenty one. She'll literally be in the army by the time that happens. Why do you well, think on, my on. daughter's is, is going drinking... in the military? Is the drinking know. thing not not still a thing? I thought I thought parents can legally purchase and have their children like. Is this bill, is this a te- is this a Texas bill thing? Bills in like I, the Lone is, Star State where there the rules are like half. Right, you can sleep with a fourteen year old as long as you're like really in love, and you can get like, your kids wasted as long as you're like there you with can them. Dr- you can drink out of your gun at the local diner as long as nobody <laughs> says a password to you or whatever. <laughs> well, it's funny because Texas has some fucking backwards ass uh, old if you don't, school, if you, like, if you don't, blue laws. If you don't say Beto, you're allowed to do whatever you want. In the state. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do some research. Y'all, y'all, y'all yeah, get back on. to us. Get back to us. I'm um, excited for this. Um, anyway, I know what you're talking about, Bill, because I know that like when I was in a restaurant, they're like, well, if a parent wants their kid to have a sip of their wine, but then... The safe thing that I was told so that I didn't have to parse all that bullshit was 21. Because you know what the age of, of legal drinking is? 21. So that's what I'm I'm again saying on this podcast. I will not let my daughter drink that whiskey until she is 21. It'll be nice. It'll be a nice little moment for us. Anyway. So responsible. So responsible. Yes. I am an incredibly responsible human being. Oh, boy. Unlike the babysitter who was supposed to come over so I could watch Belfast, I will not name names, but you know who you are and you don't listen to yeah. this podcast. And um, right. I'm very annoyed with you. So, Belfast. Do, do we again. want this now? Do we do we do what? Do we want this now? Do we want what now? Uh, I, I got the law. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yes. Give Please, me that law. God. <clears throat> Okay, so in Texas, a person may purchase an alcoholic beverage for or give an alcoholic beverage to a minor if he is the minor's adult parent, guardian, or spouse, or an adult in whose custody the minor has been committed by a court, and he is visibly present when the minor possesses or consumes the alcoholic beverage. So yeah, Mm. at like restaurants, this is definitely a thing where, like, I mean, you know, I, I still think it's probably like frowned upon but it would be okay legally for someone to you know and i think i think this kind of goes back to like we've had discussions of like how how do you prepare a child for like college life when they are definitely going to be drinking and all throughout high school you basically were like no 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 don't do that and right. all of a sudden they have access to it because they have a bunch of you know people that are 21 you know giving them access to it and it's just a, a shit show and so this kind of goes back to like under your your house like maybe you teach them what a fucking hangover is <laughs> yeah it's why this i mean look that's why texas is the greatest state in the union and we all know it right no it's like <laughs> I don't think. Uh, Remember the Alamo, guys. Remember the Alamo. You got to remember that Alamo. 
It happened in Alamo. It wasn't a losing that. fight. They didn't lose. Remember it. It was a total win, according to no, no. The, the the whole point is that they did lose, but they didn't. Quit. I know, Brian. I know. I was joking. <laughs> I wasn't sure which direction your joke was going. I was being mean about it poorly. Explanation. I was being mean about the Alamo on purpose. Okay, I couldn't. I yeah, because I was like, to, sorry to our Texas listeners. Yes, because I was going to say, like, are you trying to say that you don't remember it because you think that they won? Or are you trying to say that, like, we're trying to rewrite history to make it seem as though they won? John Lee Hancock made a very mediocre movie about it from, yeah. I think, 03. It if starred you a shit ton context. of people. It did. So and, um, uh, anyway, what yeah. are you going to do? I don't know. He's, he's the guy who did that fucking terrible movie that we talked about this year, right? The Little he Things? Direct, he directed The Little Things he did. Yeah. Uh, Ugh, anyway wait that wasn't this year wait yeah was it? yeah it was yeah 2021 <laughs> it was like the first week of this year but it oh, was definitely okay, this okay. year i believe it was the first hbo day and date release I believe so because, yes because it was in theaters and on hbo max yeah hmm. yeah we could do little not Little Richard, King Richard. <laughs> that's another movie that could go on our list. Let's just True. talk about Little oh, Richard, good. actually. Is, I think that that's good. a better idea. I, like I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like King Richard. I've heard conflicting um, things. I also keep uh, mixing it up with um, Macbeth just because they both have regal sure. names. Naturally, yeah. 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 Um, like, that just... So well, King Richard, King, you know, King, King Macbeth, Richard, Macbeth is king. a king. Macbeth know? has no royal name in Macbeth. Also, no, I but just I mean, keep... he is, he's attempting, he's attempting to usurp the throne. So Correct. You know Macbeth, yes. Also, it just know. sounds like a Shakespeare type play, you know? Yeah. Richard III, right. Right. So yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, Richard, right. Yeah, the thing with the Shakespeare and the blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, I that's not I did call it Little Richard, it. so. Yeah, who are you? Yeah. Who are you to cast aspersions <laughs> against me with your spider piano? <laughs> anyway, that's a shout out to every other kid around my age who uh, knows what I'm talking about. No idea. And we are the same age. Okay, so update about my food. I just received a message that said, could not locate your address. The food is on the corner. Oh, my God. All right, well, go get your food. We'll talk about Belfast. No, you I'm going to fucking yell at DoorDash, and they're going to bring me my food. Um, <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to do. Could not locate your address. The food is on the corner. It would be good if it was just <laughs> sitting in on the corner. Like I'm going to take alone, a picture. Like I'm going to send it to you people because I believe that they literally mean that they left it on a street corner, like under a lamplight, like a weird prostitute. I pray they. Well, I'm not about to eat that. Nice. They put it on the street, probably. Anyway, well, we'll this, see. We'll see. What a weird we'll world see. we live in. We're here to talk about Belfast. Yes. Directed oh by Kenneth Branagh. We haven't even, I haven't even said where we can be found on Twitter and Facebook, which uh, of Go course ahead, is at Filmstage Show and uh, on Facebook at the Filmstage Show. And you can email us podcastfilmstage.com and you can give us a comment or rating on iTunes. Um, I also have not had an opportunity to say that we are brought to you by Mubi, which again is the curated streaming service that showcases exceptional films from around the globe. Every day, Mubi brings a brand new film, whether it's Thomas Classic, a cult favorite, or an acclaimed masterpiece. It's guaranteed to be a movie that you've been dying to see or one you've never heard of before and there'll always be new something new to discover. With movie, each film is hand-selected so you'll never spend more time looking for something great to watch instead you'll actually be watching something great. It's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime, anywhere. And you know where they're not going to do is they're not going to leave those films sitting on a street corner. 
Oh, in the 30 degree weather. So even if I left now to get my food, it would probably still be ice cold. Oh, what what did you order? I just ordered some fucking Chick-fil-A. Mm. This is God's punishment. It is. Your order was dropped off. Please refer to this photo. I don't see no photo. Show me this photo. I need to see it. Yeah, there's literally on the street corner near a power pole. I'm not getting that. That's ridiculous. Anyway, I uh, <laughs> thank you everyone for being a part of the drama that is Brian Rowan trying to get a meal. Um, let's talk about what's on movie, which again will not be left on uh, the street corner. We've got a movie from 2000 called Maelstrom, weaving a cosmically charged web of connections from its privileged protagonist all the way to a talking fish. Denis Villeneuve's boldness of vision took a giant leap with this dark philosophical comedy. Prefiguring his later work on Enemy, Maelstrom is an early great from a blockbuster auteur. So to everyone who ever said that Denis Villeneuve was joyless, be aware. This movie has a talking fish and is a philosophical comedy. And you can see it on movie, which is fantastic. So if you would like to see that and other great films on movie, all you got to do is go to mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial subscription again that is mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial subscription to movie movie they're not going to leave your movies on a street corner so that's it is there anything else uh, that we want to talk about before we uh, begin our review or you all begin your review of belfast i don't think so i think you gotta you gotta get us going and then start start your DoorDash war. You know. I yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, trust me. When you all text me to say, "Hey, we're done our review and you're ready for me to come back and do the end of this podcast," I'm gonna sure. give you an update as to if I have eaten anything yet and what DoorDash has said. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if we are all ready to go, here is the trailer for Belfast. We all have a story to tell. But what makes each one different is not how the story ends, but rather the place where it begins. Holy God. Mama says if we went across the water, Alright, so that is the beginning of the trailer for Belfast. Again, the newest film, uh, vaguely autobiographical, from writer-director Kenneth Branagh. This movie stars... a lot of people. Um, Jamie Dornan, uh, and I'm gonna fuck this name up. No, Katarina Balfe. Oh, okay, really? That's how you say that? I believe so. It's not Katriona Balfe? (laughs) Let's say let's say it's what I said, and if it's wrong, I'll apologize. Katarina okay, that's Balfe. fine. I mean, I'm almost positive that mine is wrong, so I'm more than willing. You're 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 Star certainty. of Outlander. Yeah, Star of Outlander. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I've never seen that. Uh, it's great. Yeah, interesting. Uh, she was apparently also in Money Monster and Ford v Ferrari. Yeah, she is. Uh, what? She's Christian Bale's wife in Ford v Ferrari. Yes. Yes, it does yes. appear to be so. Um, I liked yes, her in that yes. movie. Yeah. Um, yes, and this also uh, stars uh, Jude Hill and Louis McCaskey. So uh, this movie is, according to IMDb, a young boy and his working class family experienced the tumultuous late 1960s. 
feel like that's a real lightweight in, attempt in, from in Northern Ireland during No, the I don't know. It doesn't say that. It feels like it could just be anywhere USA. In Missouri. In Missouri. <laughs> in Belfast, in New England. Yes. No. So <laughs> in Northern Ireland, uh, which again, this is a movie that I would definitely have a lot of opinions about. And I'm very sorry that I do not get a chance to air any of them. Rest assured, when I see this movie, I will take five minutes out of some other episode to uh, shout my opinions and uh, maybe tell Robin how wrong she is. But uh, until that time, I'm going to uh, shut off my microphone, take off my headphones, go fight with DoorDash, and Do leave it. all of our listeners in the very capable hands of Robin, Bill, and, uh, of course, our special guest for today. You know him. You love him. DJ Mecca. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take I'll take the ball as Brian goes fight goes and fights Franklin DoorDash of the DoorDash dynasty. Um, yes, of the Manchester. <laughs> because DoorDashes. I think usually Brian would ask, "You're the guest. What's your opinion to start us off?" I think that's usually how you do it, right? So I would say Belfast is I not unlike Brian. I um I think from the minute I knew this movie was being made, I had a feeling it was something I would like, just knowing myself. And what have you. And yeah, I mean, not bearing the lead, I like the movie quite a bit. Um, I like Kenneth Branagh as a filmmaker, I think probably more than most. Um, I know he's done a lot of movies. Um, and obviously some of them are Artemis Fowl and whatnot. So it's not like it's not like <laughs> and Cinderella. Right. I mean, even though I'll be honest, I do like his, oh, his Cinderella of, of the Disney live action kind of reimaginings. That's probably my favorite, only because yeah, I think he does capture something there. And I think the costumes are like literally like just unbelievably iconic. And Lily James at, at Roof for a lot. But anyway, he's made a lot of different movies, a lot of Hollywood movies, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit, all these things. Um, and so it's funny to think kind of how he started, which was like Henry V in the late 80s, where it was like he got nominated for a million Oscars and he was the next Orson Welles for a minute. I mean, literally, that's kind of the hit, how he's positioned because it was like, he was in his 20s and he starred and wrote and directed and produced this amazing adaptation of a famous Shakespearean play. And obviously Belfast is very autobiographical. I think he, you know, he's basically said in interviews, you know, Buddy, who's Jude Hill in the movie, is, is a version of himself because he grew up in Belfast in the late 60s when the troubles were happening. And I think quite literally they left because, you know, you know, I'm talking about Brana left because of, you know, similar circumstances so oh that's interesting um uh i think i thought it was going to be more treacly and um i suppose all the things you would worry it would be which i'm 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 wondering if maybe robin and bill you, you maybe think it's too much like that anyway right but i think there's a lot of there's more nuance than i thought there would be in this movie uh, more silence than I thought there would be kind of more um, uh, yeah, more, more moments that surprised me, I suppose, and how they turned out. Uh, so yeah, I was left impressed. I really enjoyed it. And that's, uh, I guess those are my initial thoughts, I guess. I don't know. I think I feel like Robin, I feel like I know what your opinion is. Too, so I feel like I should pivot to Bill should say his <laughs> Because I feel like we're going to be polar opposites. So, Bill, why don't you come in and tell us what you thought, and then we'll go to Robin. Yeah, while I lock and load. Yeah, Robin's like loading her shotgun, uh, like get ready for. <laughs> uh, no, I look. 
I do like some of Brand X films, um, but I didn't find this one to be anything but just a pleasant time in the in the theater. Uh, I came away thinking, you know, it's unfortunate because uh, a lot of times, especially nowadays or uh, around the season, things start getting, you know, buzz. And uh, whether you're into it or not, you can't help sometimes but hear some of the buzz. Right. And the buzz for this film is that it is an early Oscar contender, um, likely to be heavily nominated. Uh blah, blah, blah. It's also in black and white, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, so, uh, I came out of this film thinking, I don't know why it's going to get nominated, but I certainly enjoyed it. I didn't have a bad time. Uh, I thought it was very well acted and very well paced. Um, I found it a little bit confusing if, uh, you don't know about the troubles. Um, and I, I confess, you know, I oftentimes go into these movies like blind as a bat. Like I hardly knew what this was about. Um, and so, yeah, I, I went into this, uh, didn't really, uh, expect to hear as much Van Morrison as I did and, uh, was pleasantly surprised by that. Uh, although he's got his own troubles right now. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I didn't have any issue with it. Uh, nothing, nothing glaring. So, all right, Robin, let's do it. Get after it. <laughs> um, you know, I went into it with like really positive, excited feelings. I was like, this is totally my jam. Like one of my absolute favorite genres is poor Irish children. Sure. And that I was like, this is, absolutely going to be for me i love films about childhood like i'm i'm stuck in coming of age as sort of my like my thing so i was really surprised when my feelings just started to chip away i was like mm. well okay that was like i'd be sitting there like oh like i'm really enjoying the cinematography which is quite beautiful um I was interested in, you know, how the story was moving forward. And then all these things started to happen where I'm like, why, why is Judy Dench here? What is she doing? Why is this performance so treacly? And how am I supposed to believe that these two people are married? Because Karen Hines looks like he's her son. So it's like stuff like that, where I'm like, everybody just seems like they're begging for an Oscar. Uh, I didn't really care about the story which sounds terrible because it's like you know it, it was Brenna's life and I get that there were high stakes you know when it comes to what you know should a family stay or go when when war is happening essentially and what do you do when your father uh has to leave to get work I mean those are all like really important things so I don't mean to I don't know, dismiss it, but I just kind of felt like the stakes weren't really working for me. Um, mm. You know, it just, and maybe that's also, it was also rooted in just some of the stylistic choices that I was really getting annoyed at. Like, you know, somebody said like, oh, I wasn't expecting so much Van Morrison. Like I, if I never heard that music again, I think I would be perfectly happy. Uh, I got really, really sick of, those needle drops and I think 
And now listen, I'm not the artist. So who am I to say what it tonally makes sense? But I just felt like they took me out of the movie. I just felt like that music did not fit in with the story that was being told here. And there were just so many little things. Like I get it's all autobiographical, but you know, him having a crush on the little valedictorian of his class, like that doesn't go anywhere. And it just doesn't go anywhere. It's like, what's the point? Like what, what is the story that he likes a little girl? Like why? Well, a a Catholic little girl. Right. So was that, I don't even remember that. Like that had no impact on me. And and I realized it is from a child's perspective and that's why everyone kind of felt cartoonish to some degree, but the villain of the movie. Sure. And that whole, like, I get that he's trying to evoke how a Western feels, um, you know, that good you know, versus the high evil thing. sequence at the, in the, at the end there. Yeah, exactly. Like I get what he's doing, you know, these illusions that he's making, but maybe it's because I'm not like a 50 year old man, but alluding to Westerns doesn't like tickle my nostalgia at all. So it just, it kind of went over my head. Um, yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I mean, so, I think, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I think everything you're saying makes sense. I mean, I think this is one of these movies where, um, yeah, it's like, so just for quick context, right. What the film is about very directly is the lead is, is a young actor named, uh, the character's name is buddy. Jude Hill plays him. And his family, um, Ma and Pa, are Catriona uh, <laughs> uh, Belf and Jamie Dornan. Um, like two of the most beautiful people, very to live. very pretty people. And then Judy Dench and Sharon Hines are the grandparents. And then you have basically they're a Protestant family living in a primarily Protestant part of Belfast, um, and essentially the street where they live on there's peace, right? Like Protestants and Catholics have always, always lived together without really much of a problem. And all of a sudden kind of these other Protestants from other parts of Northern Ireland are invading that peace. And the opening scene, which is quite, quite a showstopper, I will say is a, yeah, the best scene in the movie. Right. You, you could argue <laughs> it never, I mean, I, 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 I will not argue this because I think the movie works, but I could see someone saying the movie never catches up to its first scene in which, buddy is playing outside he's being called home for dinner and the whole neighborhood's calling him home because everybody knows buddy and it's kind of a nice moment and then it's broken up by this like spurt of violence and there's a riot and it's actually very visceral and effective and pretty good filmmaking actually and um even though they're protestants the family and the protestants are the one ones going after the catholics it's still of course incredibly scary because buddy's outside the street and whatnot and so this all happens and it really sets the stakes and then you have these things like He's in, you know, young buddies in love with the girl in his class. And you don't really realize until the third act of the movie that she's Catholic, though. I think it's kind of intimated a couple of times. But like, anyway, these little things, one of the bigger things is that the father, Jamie Dornan, is one of the only people who has to leave Belfast to go work. So he cannot be there every day to protect his family. Right. As this Protestant, you know, uh, anti-Catholic wave is coming in and that wave Robin, as you alluded to, is this is in personified by this villain played by Colin Morgan, this guy, Billy. And yeah, I mean, here's here. Here's I get the criticism of the villain character. Totally. I was talking to Connor O'Donnell about this, who I my, who I host the 
B-side podcast with, and he had a similar problem with, with that character. My, my thing with that character in a movie like this is I do think you need some version of impending doom that, and I don't know that it can just be, you know, it's getting worse generally. Like, I think you need an inciting force. Well, I don't even know if it needs to be a face necessarily, but in this case, that was the choice to made. You need somebody to be pointing at Jamie Dornan or whoever it is in the family. In this case, it's Jamie Dornan and being like, yo, if you don't step up and support this anti-Catholic movement we got going on here, shit's going to go bad. And then Dornan's got to leave, right? So then all of a sudden the stress, the tension is wrapped up in that setup, right? So, but if that character doesn't work, Robin, like you're saying- I just felt like it was course, cartoonish, that's all. Right, it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll fall flat. And I think you're also totally well, well observed the, um, you know, obviously- the film to some degree is meant to be from buddy's point of view. So I, you could intimate a little bit of cartoonishness in the sense of just, it's from a kid's point of view. Um, and so I think that all worked for me generally. I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing. I think but it wasn't in other aspects of the film. Like, you know, right. he witnesses right. parents fighting and yeah. that didn't feel even, even though it felt like not cliche, but you've seen that argument before, but that didn't feel like, over the top in the way that a kid might the, hear it right exactly exactly so i feel like if he was gonna go full bore on making this yeah you know as amplified as a kid would feel it then i would want to see that in other aspects of the film and, I, I and think, otherwise it is played very straight i think mm. i think there's other scenes that that kind of hint to that i mean one is kind of the romance with the with the little girl uh but the other is the sequence where jimmy uh jamie dornan actually sings and that whole sequence is like it just seems like a not an acid trip but it just seems like way higher than life like there's a there's a lot of production going on there and um just over the top yeah that scene felt to me like brana trying to almost book and energy sequences with the beginning right where he's starting with so much animosity and he's kind of ending because that scene comes a, a closer to the end let's say he with a swell of positivity right so which i did think i mean i thought the structure of the movie was kind of interesting in that respect too where it was like he you know this isn't a spoiler because it's the opening of the movie he opens on modern belfast in color right and then it kind of leads into black and white and it being 1969 and i actually appreciated that because i felt it kind of acknowledged the mem, you know, the memory, you know, element of this, right? Where it's almost like Brana kind of acknowledging, like, look, this is how I remember it, right? To some degree, which, and and know. they also have other pups of color in the film as well, right? They're, the TV, uh, every time right, a movie, right. yeah, every time the movie is on or they're they're at the movie theaters, uh, the play itself, right? Chitty um, Chitty Bang Bang, yeah. So, you know, I think I think there is that little kind of magical realism and just and just to, uh, uh, interspersed and just to defend the Van Morrison choice. I get <laughs> that it's very sweaty. I understand that. 
But in the context of the time, Van Morrison, who's from North Ireland, he's from Belfast, he was never more famous than he was at this time period in real life. So I would imagine Van Morrison was probably playing everywhere in Belfast at the time. So I, I kind of, I believed it because I was like, well, yeah, I would imagine that probably was playing on every radio, right? So that being said, I, Robin, do understand the opposite where it's like, he's become such an outsized figure in music to hear the songs and they are a little tonally incongruent at points. You're kind of like, ah, okay. You know, like sometimes for sure. It, so it could take so Van's uh, nicknames, at least according to Wikipedia, which, you know, uh, always, always test your metal, but uh, he's also known as Van, the man. Cool. Gotta yeah. go. uh, the Belfast <laughs> cowboy sure. and the Belfast lion. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Is, now, I love you, that you're our real-time fact checker. <laughs> yeah, the trouble. Yeah, so here, yeah, I see he's... Yeah, but he also, he left He left North Ireland before the trouble started. Interesting. Um, Coward. Yeah, now I'm, now I'm reading... Now, oh, now I'm reading... Now I'm reading about Mr. Morrison. Um, You know, and he's got such a distinctive voice, but to be honest with you... I never associated him at all with Ireland. Sure. Uh, yeah. I I always just thought he was an American folk singer. Well, that was very honest. Yeah, I mean, that's what he sounds like, right? I think that's what he was going yeah. for, yeah, um, to some degree. Now, let me ask you guys, Jamie Dornan in our lives, right? The Jamie D. Now, here's my thing. I think he's quite lovely in this movie. It surprised me because... I've always put Jamie Dornan in kind of the category of like, well, you know, he's one of, you know, if it's not a Hunnam, it's a Jai Courtney. If it's not a, yeah, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. not a Garrett Hedlund, <laughs> it's a Jamie D. Right. So he's always kind of been one of those guys. And so I've never like had a huge love for Jamie Dornan. Um, but he, he, he popped for me here though. I don't know what Robin, did you think he worked? what did you think? Did you think he was, strong in the in the role or i i honestly didn't have much of an impression yeah, like, yeah. when i think of this movie i think of katarina i always thought it was catriona yeah i, th I, I think you're no right idea. i think you're right i think you're right catriona yeah um i thought of her because she's very much the uh, i don't know like the face of the movie in some ways i think of sierra yeah, Hines, agree with that. Yeah. um who i think is he's really great in this role but it's mm. a it's a role i have seen so many times and i've seen you know actors play this character the same exact way you know the the jolly old man who's lived a tough life and you know it's just it's like a dumbledore role it's like you know he's not gonna make it by the end of the movie right from, uh, from the beginning to, to your yeah. To your point, Robin, he is 68 and Judy Dench is 86. But you know, yeah, that, see, she's old enough to be his mother. They do a good job. If you don't know who Sierra Hines is, he can pull that off. But because yeah. so many audience members are, are familiar with him, they know his his rough age and they know that that, but see, that doesn't but line up. But like they age him in the film. They certainly make he him still look looks a lot 20 years than Younger. Yeah. I mean, but they age mm. Judy Dench like she looks like she's craggy as fuck in this movie because she's <laughs> playing this like old lady and she's she's kind of like hot stuff in real life so they made her look older but they made but it, it just contrasted 
so much still, but I was confused. Like I, I didn't even realize they were married for the first scene. I thought that she was her mother. I thought she was Catriona Balf's mother. And I thought Sierra Hines was Jamie Dornan's father. And that they were all just one big happy family of in-laws. Cause I just could, I, I was like balking at the, the idea that these two people were married and that took me out of the movie i was i just literally but kept thinking how, yeah. you want judy dench to get another fucking oscar and that's why you hired her but and how many times but hang on how many times has it been the opposite of that you know oh, what yeah. i mean that's why it didn't bother me because how sure, many times but like, has this the is guy not a movie that's, that's hanging on the thread of like i'm just saying transgressive casting i just i liked the thought that brana was like let me just cast the two best actors, right? I don't care if one's Is she 70 the best and... actor? I mean, she's Judy Dench? English lady. Listen, I like her, but was she the best person to play a doddering old lady here? She is 86, I believe. But it's miscasting because she's not doddering and she's not like folksy. She's always played like hard ass bitches. I think she's pretty hard in this movie, though, right? I think I think she has some good, solid scenes of like forthright, you know, what you would call like, you know, stubborn Irish forthrightness, rightest, rightedness, if that's a word. I mean, I'm, you know, so I context for me, I'm half Irish. Um, I have some family who came over around this time, probably for similar reasons. Um, I, you know, extended uh, family. Um, and, you know, was raised, uh, you know, Catholic, you know, uh, half, half Irish, half Italian. So, you know, I mean, like I was mentioning before, these these movies can be easy doubles for me because if you give me a father and you give me a son and you give me <laughs> a little coming of age, you know, a couple of sayings, a couple tearful moments, um, you're going to, you know, you're going to get me. The Italian side of me, you know, a Bronx tale would be something to kind of, I think compare this movie to it's a similar type of a thing. Um, another movie I thought of watching this movie was Crooklyn by Spike Lee a little bit. If you guys have seen that one, um, which is kind of more of a, you know, a hard, not a, not a hardened movie, but a more joyful one uh, with Delroy Lindo. I haven't seen and, that um, one. And then obviously the, the most obvious one, which is almost unfair, I suppose is Roma, right? Which came out a couple of years Correct. ago, the Netflix movie. I, this might be sacrilegious. I see this is my thing. I prefer Belfast. I, Roma's fine. I felt removed from Roma a bit with some of the directorial choices Quran made, right? I felt I was kind of apart from what I was watching a bit too much, right? There's some beautiful shots in that movie, but by the end of it, I felt almost like I was watching more of a painting, right? And then this, and this one for all of its, you know, peccadillos of which, you know, we can continue talking about. I'm, there's certain, certainly much to pick at. I, I felt, and look, speaking very honestly, it could have just be because I'm Irish. I don't know, you know, but, but, but. Let's not forget it's also gendered to some degree. Like sure. I recognize that I don't relate to Van Morrison and I don't relate <laughs> to like little boys in their Westerns. And, and, but that doesn't mean sure. that I don't like movies like this. I, one of my favorite books of all time is Angel's Ashes. So it's not as though I can't enjoy a story written by a man about his boyhood but i do recognize that there are just certain things that i am not going to i'm not going to get my like little spidey tingles from nostalgia watching this particular type of movie whereas like something like roma i can relate to uh 
some of her experiences sure. just as a woman. Sure. So I'm not I'm not going to discount that at all. But also, we should say you're a big fan of Ashes, so you can't <laughs> you, you can't compete. You know, Angela's Ashes. There's just there's a pronounced lack of ashes in this one. I mean, we we have to say it. Well, you know, they're Protestant. They're Protestants, true. They're Protestant. God, what are you gonna do? Um, but um, yeah, but the Jamie Dornan thing, it surprises me how much his performance affected me. Um kind of, kind of Balf we talked about. I mean, she's great, right? So her being great in this movie was not a surprise, you know, like she feels like somebody who's like just I don't know. I don't know how she's not already unbelievable. I mean, I guess she is a huge star with the show. I just mean like watching the movie. I was like, how is she not, you know, I don't even know Saoirse well, Ronan they, or something, I, you know, but sure. You, you can, you can ask why isn't she in more films? And, and I guess I, I don't know what the shooting Yeah, It might be the show, Batman right? It might is. be just the show. Yeah. But I mean, I figure it's, it can't three, four months. I don't know. I mean, game like, of Thrones, similar production, Right scenario. I mean, those guys uh, worked those, forever. Yeah, but the the that was that was a nightmare production that took place in multiple con countries and all sorts of shit. Like that was that was hell. But Outlander um, is it? I don't. I don't. Outlander's a big deal, though. They're like spending a lot of that money on right. They're not. That's not a small show, right? Yeah, but I I don't think they pop around as much towards mm. the middle seasons. I'm I'm in I they've uh no, I won't say this. Uh so I'm in the middle seasons, so they seem to be kind of bouncing between two locations primarily. Um so, you know, uh but it, granted I I totally understand. Like uh it's a it's a big uh heavy production, uh multiple episodes per season. I think it's hovering around like 18 19. So, you know, uh each hour long. So, yeah, I, yeah, I imagine lot, it takes huh? some time. But, you know, it, it is a shame that uh you know, we don't see her more. Um Maybe we will. Yeah, yeah, maybe I, we will start to, you know. Yeah. That, that could I mean, she's going to I would be shocked if she didn't get nominated for this. Right. I mean, like you're saying, Bill, um, and it's well said, this is the type of movie, love it, hate it, like it, whatever. It's it's focus putting it out who are along with Sony Pictures Classics, like the kings and queens of how to platform a movie for an Oscar push. Right. So it's like I would be shocked. Nobody's they, talking about it. They are though. They are. It's Ooh. on. It's on every like prognosticator thing is pushing it. Whether right? like they are, but who else well, is talking about this movie? It disappeared. I'm just, no, but it's no, because it's but it's platforming in theater. So I would bet if it holds enough, right? Well, maybe it won't. But if it holds enough by the holidays, which is you know literally as we're recording, you know days away, and then into the December, this is what they do with these movies that by Christmas. Right. People are wanting to see it because they've heard good things like my mom, for example, texted me about seeing this movie and like she loved it and was telling me about it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to see it, you know, in a couple of days. Right. So there is a level of that percolating whether or not it will stick. Obviously, it doesn't always hit, but um, I would have faith in focus features because they've they, they've literally, you know, done it successfully so many times. Um, one other thing I was going to say is. Just because, Robin, you mentioned it earlier, the cinematographers, Harris Zambar Lucas. And yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, there's great work here. Um, 
it's very contrasty, which is interesting with black and white. I think, you know, that's always a funny thing where it's like, it is, it feels very digital. I didn't mind that, but I'm sure, you know, and I, obviously if I'm wrong about that, I would be shocked, but um, uh, I didn't mind it. I think you could probably pick that a little bit. It feels a little pixely at spots, um, but uh, it still worked for me. And then um, what was I going to say? Oh, freaking Jude Hill, the kid how i thought he was really good which is like a rare gift right a really? young you didn't like him you didn't like him in it i mean a little too sweetsy oh uh, see i thought like, it the kid knows he's charming and yeah. it like kind of turns me off but i thought of him as the exact opposite <laughs> as the kid from come on come on who i thought was just like an utter natural talent oh, so it was like watching you know one kid do like his like watching one kid do his version of Woody Allen and one kid do his version of like I don't know Debbie Reynolds it it's just like of course I'm gonna veer toward the more neurotic performance and not the like you know angelic like squeaky clean like I'm so fucking cute and blonde you know shtick that this kid does I did yeah, I did love the way he delivered the line where he's talking about the girl uh, that he has the crush on and he's talking to uh, uh, Kieran Hines and he's like, he's like, she could even she could even be with the other the other uh, boy if she oh, likes yeah, him more. But that. as long as she was married to me, it just felt like such a a little boy thing to say right that rationalization of like well but as long as she married me like it was she could be with other guys like i wouldn't mind it like in a very kind of innocent like child poly child like well, I, I appreciated that there, i felt like there's a few lines like that um he but it's funny bad, yeah. but yeah, it, yeah. but it's just it, a little too squeaky cheeky for me yeah he's putting it on putting it on a little too thick for you yeah um well look his director was Kenneth Branagh, who is the king yeah. of put a little too much ham on the sandwich. Branagh, really the the master of um, let me give you all of it and a little bit more. Uh, villain of Tenet, lest we forget movie I love, but my God, what a what a performance in that one uh, by Mr. Branagh. Um, Bill, did you like the young boy Jude Hill? What'd you think? I have no issues with him. I, I thought he was good. I, no I thought he was issues. charming. I, he was charming. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like the kid perspective. Uh, I, I, that is, that's certainly something that, you know, you see the poster and you're kind of like, okay, the, the kid's front and center. Um, you're wondering how much of it is, is going to be that way. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed his perspective. And I think one of the things that I, I really like that you're kind of touching on is his, his relationship with Ciaran Hines is just um I love that uh Hines is able to kind of impart some of his experiences and knowledge and you know how to talk to women uh all sorts of different stuff uh I loved his little tip about uh making the ones look like sevens and you know all of this stuff uh when it comes to mathematics uh so yeah, I I found that relationship really really delightful. And and you know, to Robin's point, sure. You know, you see that character and you know that they're long for life. Um especially when he starts uh coughing and you're just like that sounds ominous. It's like no, you I, know where it's going to go. Come that on. That doesn't that doesn't mean that it's bad. Like just because it's predictable doesn't mean something is bad. I don't <laughs> you know. Yeah, I guess it's a good prompt of like, I mean, I guess we can just go into spoil. I mean, it's kind of not really a movie. I mean, we can just say now, right? Like, 
we'll go into spoilers now, but you know, we're, we've, we've been, we've been tiptoeing towards them for the last 20 minutes anyway, but sorry, Robin, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say like, I, how do I want to frame this? I, one of my main issues with this movie is I'm not saying this is true about it, but I kept getting the feeling of like, what is this kid problem? What, like, what's his problem? There are no problems in this movie. Like, like what is the big deal about any of this? And I know that's not true. Like I know what Kenneth Brenner went through is like a major life transition at this time period, like a lot of wounding experiences, but, but maybe because of just how cloying the whole movie felt, I kept thinking this kid has no problems. Like his dad has a job. The worst problem that they have is that they're going to have to like say goodbye to their grandma. Like, I just, I like, I had like compassion fatigue for this child because I kept thinking, what's the big fucking deal? You're going to move to England and it's going to be amazing. And like, call your grandma once in a while. Like what's, who cares if you don't live within two minutes of all of your relatives? But I get yeah. that's a very 2021 feeling. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I think you're right. I think the, the huge thing there is 50 years ago, a lot of people didn't leave. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, so yeah i think that's an important but like you said it's the movie's job to convince you of it so it's like if the movie didn't do it it that you know that's totally well, valid criticism i mean you know like i believe like, it intellectually more than i do emotionally. emotionally right yeah. right of course of course and i think sure. certainly i i get what you mean a little bit where like you can certainly be a viewer watching it being like leave just what do you go like you know like just like you know but obviously the movie certainly tries to contextualize like, look, you know, um, everything's here. And I did like as well um, that Katriana Balfe is the, it's not her parents, right? I liked how he was the one who was like, we got to go, even though my parents are here. And she was the one who's like, we grew up here. Like, I knew you lived right down the block. Like, we've known each other our whole lives. Like, I don't want to leave. Right. Where like, I feel like the normal way you would do that is, you know, they would be her parents. And it's like, I'm not leaving my parent. Right. I like, sure. I like and, and, that and the, swap a little bit. The the end has Judy Dench being Judy Dench where she's just like, fucking get out of here, kid. Yeah. I love you that. Know? Yeah. I love that moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I, I think, I think Robin, it, it, it's interesting that you say you put it that way. Cause it's like, yeah, of course, as a grown adult, you look at this and you go, there's no problems here. Like, like you just got to leave, kiddo. But, you know, I know when my parents uh, moved from Houston to Dallas, I thought it was fucking devastating. Right. Like, and, and I wasn't even leaving. In fact, I was getting closer to more of my family. But, you know, I, I and all of my six-year-old knowledge and wisdom felt like that was the end of the world. You know, well, and also schools. you were such a you were such a big Rockets fan. Then you have to root for the Mavericks. Oh, like, well, yeah, I never, I, I never mean, took up no. that mantle at all. Houston no, <laughs> for life, uh, Akeem, the dream, baby. Love um, it. But, that's the, that's our, oh, the man. thing. The thing. The thing we'll have most in common is Akeem Olajuwon, Bill. Oh my god! I grew up. I grew up loving him too. Yeah. What? What? Anyway. What a what a great. Boy. What a man. What a man. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it's just one of those things where, yeah, I, I think back to that, and I think, wow, how stupid 
a parent is to ever listen to a kid in that moment. Like, you know, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I think as you grow up, you start to realize some of the decisions that parents have to make sometimes where they know it's going to devastate their kid, but they also know that kids are resilient and kids will fucking get over it over time. You know, like, like the kid just doesn't have a lot of choice in a lot of these matters. And I think this is one of those classic examples where they tell him and he just has a fucking breakdown and you're just like, Nah, that's like, I guess, I guess maybe you tell him, but also you tell him it doesn't fucking matter how much tears you, you shed right now. Like we got to go. So, but I also like, but you know, another thing though, cause you're t- totally right. He does have a breakdown, but he does recover really quickly. Like he has that breakdown, but then like two scenes later, if that he has settled like kids do, I mean, right. I think to your point, I think that the movie does get, that element which is like you know which your point robin maybe bolsters your own case where it's like you know you'll get over it right you know but but (laughs) he he i like the performance element of it where it was like yeah that's the way kids are like we can all point to moments uh you know uh of equal importance right at whatever age we were at where like something like that happened and we were like it's the end of the world you know and then it's like well no it's not it'll be fine and you'll you know he's getting a garden and a house in a garden and you an know? education i don't it know it was premier league god there's plenty to <laughs> plenty to enjoy no I, to, I i yeah go ahead yeah I, I to be fair i do gravitate towards stories of like serious childhood trauma you know mm. the the tree grows in brooklyn's of the world and i don't know um Oh God! Uh, not a, what? What's the one where he's growing up in Washington and his stepfather's abusive? Not a boy. Oh God! Not a, a separate boy, piece. A no. boy's this boy's life. This boy's life. Oh, this boy's like, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of shit that I love. You know, give me the color purple. Oh, like, what, 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 what was the B movie we just watched? Where where uh, Macaulay Culkin? Oh, exactly. And you know, you can argue like that she lives a great middle class life, but she her best friend dies. So yeah. I, I, it is devastating in its own way. Um, and it's, and that's a funny, irreverent movie and it's not all about, you know, the, the drama sure. and whatever, but I, I guess I just kind of felt like you, you've had a pretty decent life, Kenneth Brenna. <laughs> like everybody would love to tell their own childhood story. What are the stakes here? Yeah. You know, a movie, it's not about a, a- uh, child but i mean we were talking about it before we uh, started recording a movie i had this problem with actually that's out now I and mean, you guys might even talk about it later on in the award season was uh spencer where i i was watching spencer which is obviously about princess diana kind of at the tail end of you know she's about to break away from the family for good and it's christmas and whatever i really struggled in the context of that movie to care about her play you know, like I found myself really being like, you know, I know it's bad, but <laughs> you're still eating the best food in the world in these huge mansions. And I know you're a prisoner and I know that's the point. And, you know, referencing Anne Boleyn and all these things. And I get it. I get it. And I want to feel bad, Diana. I do. But I do not. And, you know, that and that's a false a criticism, not a fault, but a criticism 
of the way the, they handled it in the movie, right? Where I just, I walk away a bit kind of shrugging my shoulders, not at the real Diana, not at her real stuff, but in, the, but in what the movie is showing me and telling me, I'm kind of left saying, okay, you know, and I think, you know, you can, yeah, yeah, it's the movie's job to obviously convince you of it. So I think, um, uh, yeah, you know, you know, we should blame it on Jude Hill. It's really Jude Hill's fault. And <laughs> I, I, I think, I think one, one thing you're kind of touching on though is, is kind of what, what is, what is your big issues and, and things like that? If it's, if it's not extreme poverty or certainly, uh, you know, this kid's family seems like they're not doing that great. Right. Um, you know, and then uh, the more he kind of moves up in the company, the more it seems like maybe they're getting a little bit better. But certainly, you know, the tax men are kind of dogging them. Um, but, you know, th- this kind of upper middle class or even wealthy class for like Spencer and stuff like that reminds me a lot of like succession and the conversation mm-hmm. around that that show in that like people are like, Okay, but these are fucking filthy rich people and they keep talking about like their PJs and PJ means private jet and they call it a PJ. Like that's how just fucking, you know, blase they are about a private jet and, you know, all of these other things like why would I ever, you know, especially with all of the one percenters and, you know, all of this stuff still going around, uh, all the fervor around someone like Elon Musk, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of like, why the fuck would I ever want, want to watch a bunch of white rich? Well, yeah. Cause it's hilarious. People. Exactly. And, and that part of it is also you start to learn those characters and then you start to realize that, you know, they're kind of a, a prisoner of their own upbringing and, and then you start to realize that yes, inside of this story, there is nuance of why I would feel bad for someone in this position. Not necessarily that I feel bad for them, period, but in the positions that they end up sometimes. That's that's how I feel. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. You know, this kid doesn't have this kid specifically doesn't have any real problems, right? Which is, I think, kind of like a parent's not responsibility, but like that's that's good parenting is that the kid doesn't know in a way. Right? Yeah, we should because yeah. it's like, okay, Billy, uh, we, we got we got some real problems, you know, with the tax men, and he's just like, Cool, what can I do about it? And they're just like, absolutely nothing, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, well then why would you tell me that? You know? Yeah, yeah we there's should... definitely a lot of dramatic irony in this film. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, what you're talking about, Bill, right, is that, you know, it's revealed that Jamie Dornan is a gambler and in whatever. And, and, and for that matter, so is, uh, you know, uh, Sierra Hines, right? So it's, there are these debts that have accrued over the years, you know, that mm-hmm. they are paying off and they're finally coming to the end of their payments as these troubles are literally igniting. And it's this kind of meant to be an added bit of tension where like, you know, buddy does say, you know, mom, why do you cry every time, you know, you get a letter in the mail, right. Where it's like, it's just another bill is, you know, what he's not realizing actually, but knowing that when his mom opens a letter, she's going to be crying about it. Right. So like, um, they definitely connect it where like, you know, buddy is aware, like many kids are aware of these things probably more than their parents 
think, Absolutely. you know, at least initially. Yeah. Um, so I think that all worked for me, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, like with all these things, I mean, look, half the shit that or more than half of what Shakespeare wrote is about kings and queens and generals and, you know, the highest of society. Yeah, power. But... Power is fascinating. Just because exactly. Yeah. Your movie. Listen, I don't need every movie to be like a depressing cry fest about, you know, trauma and, you know, whatever, like, yeah. And, and kitchen sink, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Even though I like that stuff and not every movie has to be about, I don't know, like poverty porn. That's not, that's not what I'm getting at here. Sure. I just kind of felt like it was hard for me to kind of, it was hard for me to see the argument about why this movie was necessary. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, I I also think, and this perhaps is unfair, but whatever. I also think, you know, with a movie like Belfast, no matter how understated it may be compared to other movies of its ilk, and I do think for all of the cliches that are in the film, like, like, the, like the Karen Hines character, right? Like these other elements, Robin, that you've mentioned. I was surprised that... Um, the the loftiest it got was the high noon sequence towards the end, right? I was surprised that you didn't get a a more grand speech from Judy Dench, right? That the most powerful moment Judy Dench has is that last moment where it's basically one line as her family does leave. I was surprised that they left, like they, you know, look, say what you will about how much you, you know, that the problems affect you. At the end of that movie, they leave that grandmother alone in Belfast, which not every movie would do that. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, wow. Like she, her husband's dead. She's all alone. The street's burning down and they're leaving. And she's like, go, you know? And I think that, that is a, that is a, I thought a smart decision. That is not, not, not sad. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? I know she's older and she's lived a great life and all that stuff, but you know, they probably won't come back to see her because they're probably not going to be able to get back into the freaking country. You know what I mean? Like in a year. Right. So I think the implication is, all right, see you later, you know, and maybe in heaven or whatever, you know, you know, whatever these crazy Protestants believe. Um, but, <laughs> but um, that all worked well. And I think with Brana, you know, you know, so, you know, like I said, Brana, you know, he makes Henry the fifth, he makes dead again. Um, He's kind of a celebrated young director. And then he kind of has a stumbling moment, right? He like makes his Frankenstein movie coming off the heels mm -hmm. of uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Dracula movie. And, you know, um, this, I don't know how many people know this, but back, back then, right? Like Coppola was shepherding after the success of Dracula, they were going to remake all of those movies in this, big orchestral way um uh. and he passed the reins to brana like francis for coppola made that frankenstein movie and he gave the directing reins to brana and proceeded to like be made mad with the ego that brana brought to making frankenstein um and obviously that version of frankenstein ended up not performing very well and that whole idea kind of ended up dying on the vine um, and if you've ever seen his movie, it's called Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is the name of it. Um, it is just an overblown, you know, very melodramatic, 
uh, film. And then even on the set of that film, he meets Helena Bonham Carter. He, he kind of, he leaves mm-hmm. Emma Thompson for her. It was a whole scandal at the time. And so he kind of becomes this like, kind of a persona non grata. And then he, he makes his Hamlet movie, which people do like a lot. It's very long. Actually, it's my, I, it's my favorite version of Hamlet. I, I, I do love that movie, but, um, and then he kind of like had to repair his reputation kind of right. And then he ultimately became more of a studio director. He made the first Thor, right? So he's made all these, you know, the first Thor is like very overblown and like very posturing and Shakespearean and like, oh, yeah. you know, to a silly well, degree. Then, you could that's, say. that's, that's, that's what they wanted out of that film for sure. You know, they, well, that, yeah, and that my, brought that kind of, that yeah. kind of air to it. And, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's only someone like him that could, you know, back then Thor right. was very early in the MCU's empathy. And so it's, it's Branagh that can get someone like Anthony Hopkins and, you know, sure. all of that. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like you look, at the cast of that thing you're like what the fuck like yeah and and, and even more recently his murder on the Orange express um is very syrupy you know so i guess my point is with all of that context i did fear that belfast was going to be like super really over the top with its like with its like dramatic moments and i personally was pleasantly surprised that you didn't get like the kid almost dying because there was a bomb on the bus and he didn't get on the bus. Like, you know, you didn't get like a scene like that. You know what I mean? Like I felt that it showed restraint to me. Right. Which maybe it's cause it's his own story. You have that or whatever, but, but I, I was, uh, that was a pleasantly surprised uh, thing on my end in terms of just kind of how he approached the whole narrative. So. Everyone fucking thinks their life should be a movie. Yeah. I mean, my 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 childhood movie would be way more boring than this one. I'll tell you what, it would be uh I don't even know what would be in it. I would have to really dig deep. I'd have to really, really I don't even know. I mean yeah, it would be it would, it would be a lot of Catholic church, I guess. I mean, I yeah, a lot of <laughs> confessional. Oh god, horrible. You had, you had to go to confession, terrible. Um I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I'd have the stones to 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 figure out a way to make mine interesting. But oh, and funny thing, I'm just looking at the credits. Van Morrison is like the music by credit is to Van Morrison. So I guess is the, maybe that was the only music in the movie was Van Morrison. I don't, like, maybe there wasn't any I, other like theme or anything. I, I think there's some other music, but he did. Uh, it says something like he's got seven classic songs and then a, right. uh, another song that he wrote specifically for. Oh, for, like a new one. Oh, wow. Oh, Van. Van just really oh, digging we in. we got an Oscar winner. Here we go. No, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you mean just like the, the new shoe-in nominee? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robin, according to you, people are going to forget about Belfast. So, uh, you know, we'll see. I I, you know. know, God only knows. And I can only hope. Yeah, I, so, you know, I sound horrible. Like, first of all, I truly, I mean, beyond the shadow of a doubt, hated the card counter. I just truly despise that movie. I didn't, like, comparatively, Belfast is like a fine movie. It, I gave it two stars out of four. That's, like, fair. Because I recognize that there are elements to it that are uh, extremely watchable. And it's just maybe doesn't fit my taste but I'm very 
clear on on not just what isn't my taste per se, but why I don't think this movie is anything to sneeze at, really. I, I just found it really saccharine and predictable. Like, I feel like I've seen this type of movie so many times before. Yeah, and Bill, you're kind of saying a more positive version of the same thing, right? You're basically like, you liked it, but you agree in the sense of like you, like you said, like you walked away being like, um, more surprised yeah, well, it was getting awards consideration than not. Sure. And that's right. not because it's treacly or anything like that, but just because it seemed like such a pleasant, inoffensive film right. that it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to push in, in that way. But, you know, I'm, I'm also someone that fucking, you know, voted mother, my number one film of the year a couple of years ago. So like, you, you know, don't like I, pleasant, do you? I, well, famously I, mother, mother is, that is Darren Aronofsky's childhood. So it's a bit, you know, Darren, was just, <laughs> he was just pulling from what he knew, you know, he just had to write his piece. I mean, I mean, you know, reportedly that's, that's his actual life, you know, especially oh, with, God. with his, his, you know, romances and everything like that. But, you know, uh, anyways, uh, you know, th- I, I just, I, I was expecting something a little bit more gruff, a little bit more, you know, rough around the edges than, Gritty. than a PG, than a PG 13 black and white film that stars and focuses on a young kid. Like, How's I don't know. You just, PG-13? you just tell me that. Huh? Like, what is the PG 13 of this movie? Why is it? I mean, why- there's yeah, yeah, of, no, there's scenes of violence, right? I mean, there's, you know, there's. That's you it. Know, I would think. I mean, is it is it PG thirteen? Is that you're looking at it, Bill? Is that what it says? I, I thought I thought that's what it was. Um, I can double check here and just. Oh, I'm sure you're right. No, um, no, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I didn't even look at it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um. But I would imagine if it was, yeah, I see here. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. Yeah, I would say. I mean, doesn't it tell you? Let's see what it says. PG thirteen. I mean, is, is, it, is it not Jamie Jamie Dornan shaking his hips? Is oh, here yeah. we go. Here, oh yeah, like uh, like um, like Elvis. Elvis. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I just saw it. It said, "Oh, hang on. Here we go. Oh, god damn it! No, come on. More info. I just said it. PG thirteen. Yeah, on on Gold Derby right now. Does it say what it's for though? Like PG thirteen for violence? Oh no no, Gold Derby is is kind of Oscar prognosticators. Yeah. yeah, Right now, Belfast is one on one critics. Belfast is two on another critics, and Belfast is three. I believe that the Oscar prognosticators, and I somewhat consider myself one as well. Like everybody is predicting Belfast, but I think it has not. No, like I don't hear people talking about it. I don't hear. That's because um, it's just not. It's it's it. it what's it, the sleep it hit, sleeper hit stuff? Like, shouldn't everybody's mom and dad be going to the movies to see this? Like, isn't this every mom and dad's thing? So just know, it's we, ra- it's rated PG thirteen for some violence and strong language. Interesting, strong language. I'm trying to remember the language. What are there any Van are, Morrison song? Are there any? Yeah, are there any C? Are there any C words said? Are there any like, like a British version or a Irish yeah? Any uh, yeah? I don't. I don't I recall don't any of that. I, I thought of it as like like you said, uh, Bill. I, I mean, I mean, I think dur- pleasant d- during those protests. I think there's oh maybe there's people some shout language. things. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's some some language being sh- shouted during that stuff. Um, yeah, no, I think I think what we're running into though, Robin, is like it's it's hard to have a finger on the pulse of what people are talking about. Um, you know, outside of what is doing good box office and certainly, yeah. you know, the, the limited release films right now just aren't doing great bot box office. So there's kind of this, uh, you know, and I think with everything, I don't know how people watch TV anymore because I, I certainly cut the cord and by cut the cord, I mean, I have my mother's login to her, uh, you know, spectrum, tv and so now i just watch (laughs) you know just log in and watch it through apps so you know i'm i'm time shifting just about everything and i don't get standard commercials and stuff like that so you know i don't know what's being advertised outside of movie theaters and to be honest with you i don't remember seeing a single uh uh trailer for belfast yeah it, it didn't win um the audience award at toronto yeah yeah and that's usually like a strong indicator of you know how things are going to go i will say though that what was true of the academy even two years ago is not true today um the the after oscar's so white and after the backlash about green book uh the academy has worked very hard to invite not only more people into the organization but more women more people of color um more more new people in hollywood so the the tastes are changing a bit and you can sort of see that in the the parasite win um even last year uh a promising young woman like in years past i don't even think that would have ever flown let alone winning screenplay for example so i don't know i don't know what the general flavor and tastes of this new crop are um and you know time will tell what it will look like this year but i have a feeling belfast you know would have won the oscar five years ago ten years ago now i'm really not so sure yeah that's a good point i mean i think it'll be interesting to see what happens you know if like something like you know i mean if something I mean, this is also more traditional, but something late in the year, like West Side Story comes in and just kind of, you know, is big and bold enough, right, to just kind of capture fire. I I guess the other thing is, like, I can't think of another movie, though, right now that I would say to you, oh, yeah, but that one's gaining so much momentum, right? Like, King Richard, obviously didn't perform well at the box office, but obviously the performances are very memorable. So I would, you know, I feel I tweeted, like, I can't imagine Will Smith not winning the Oscar for King Richard. Like when you watch the movie, I could, it just e- feels, I could easily see that. And they, they'll think they, it's so, it's going to be his time. Like everybody's, oh, it's so, and it's such a down time. the middle. He is, he is good in it. And it's just like, it's such a, it just feels like such a, like, and if he, and if he campaigns, you know, like Will Smith campaigning feels like a home run. I, you know, there's just so many yeah. things like. He's so paid like, his dues. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. And and I think, but my point is the, that movie, I don't, I don't think like the movie King Richard is going to so shock it, it the world like either. You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. the power of the dog, King Richard, Dune. Yeah. I like, mean, we'll see. I mean, I think, 
like I said, I mean, the thing, the thing with Belfast is like, if you're still hearing about it by Christmas, I feel like that would be a good indicator of, Agreed. you know, it's gonna hold or whatever. I mean, but also it's important to remember that how much does this stuff matter anyway? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the Oscars and whatever, but it matters because the money, like, no, sure. That, I mean, I'm, important. I'm just saying it as just like a counterpoint of just, you know, the, the, the just, you know, it's always funny to me where, you know, if Green Book doesn't win, you know, it's, it's sometimes the winning is like if Green Book doesn't win that Oscar, I'm not saying people think Green Book's a masterpiece. I just think people are like, oh, that movie Green Book, which was like that problematic feel good movie right about that about you know about that artist right like it's always interesting to me how that can happen to a movie where it's like you know it makes me laugh with the shape of water where like people have this like such a feeling of animosity about that movie which which is i think funny because it's just a weird you know fantasy movie but it because it won best picture there's this people have this kind of weirdly negative opinion, which is like I, a psychic I, weight to that yeah, movie. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I do get because when it happened, you're kind of like, well, you know, that's a little weird. But at the same time, it's like to watch the movie, you're just kind of like, I don't know, it's Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it's just like, you know, you know, it's not that. It's just a what it's just a, you know, he's a good director. It's a well-made movie. Right. You know, you know, so I always find and I didn't love Green Book, but sure. It's fine. Like I, I have seen much more offensive both like offensive to my taste and offensive to my, you know, social sensibilities movies. So it's fine, but you know, are like after Moonlight. <laughs> well, right. No, I mean, obviously the, the right. I mean, the whole reaction was just like, aren't we past this? Right. You know what I mean? And I think in Belfast defense, that that Belfast is not that i mean i think what you're saying robin is more like i think belfast you're getting more into the world of like oh how green was my valley one the you know the best picture oscar which you know is a masterpiece right it's a great movie but it's about you know it's about you you know the fight for unionization in this part of you know the you know the uk way back when and you know young marine o'hara and like that beat Citizen Kane. So people look at that movie as this like old guard win. And that's how I see this movie. Right, like, right. Which I think you I totally watch get. this I and totally you're like, get. this movie is the 2021 version of how green was my best. Yeah, yeah. Which I totally understand. I guess what I'm just saying is that I, to me, that's you can also frame that as a compliment because how green was my valley is actually a very good movie, right? But it's I think, a good movie. It's a good movie. But you're but right. This, but you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I also think of it because this movie, I don't know if it it does certainly doesn't directly allude to that film, but it does. Uh, it does speak about mining culture and what are sure. the effects of what are the health effects that happen to miners and you know what are the risks they take and. What does it mean to be a migrant worker? So like it, th- this movie does touch upon those things. So it's not, I don't think it's accidental um, that that you're bringing that up because <laughs> this movie does evoke some of those themes. Yeah, I mean, and it's, so it's just an interesting, you know, it's interesting how it all changed. It's so funny. Now I'm looking at 
all the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year. Uh, 1941, baby. Wow. So uh, a a Alfred Hitchcock movie was nominated for Best Picture. The movie Susp- Suspicion, oh, no. which is Cary Grant and Joan Fontaine. Because I think I think Rebecca won the year before, okay. 1940. And then Citizen Kane, obviously. Here Comes Mr. Jordan, which is one of the original. It would then be re- made as Heaven Can Wait many years later with Warren Beatty. The Maltese Falcon was nominated for wow. Best Picture, which was uh, John Huston's first movie. So, yeah, a lot of good stuff in here. Sergeant York. Wow. A lot of, a lot of good At least ones. in 1941, they knew that that was, I don't know. Like, at least. Yeah, I wonder, did they know? Do you think in 1941, I'd have to go back and like read a column or something? Like, when it happened, you think they were like, oh man, they went with how green was my valley. Susan Kane was right there. I wonder if they knew I, when it happened. I think we're savvy. I, I've been listening to a lot of This American, uh, not This American Life. Uh, you must remember this. Oh, sure. And, yes. uh, Karina Longworth does talk about the general media sentiments at the time, you know, because she just did this piece on, or this series on the gossip Queens of that era. You had a hopper and all them. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they were savvy enough. Like they did quote unquote have taste, so to speak. Yeah. Um, It's, you know, it's, it's a, Oh, well, and, and long prevalence. And you're, and you're right in the set. Obviously you're right in the sense of, people knew Citizen Kane was getting railroaded when it was happening. It was obviously yeah. not like, you know, like, like Hearst wanted to bury it. Yeah. Hearst wasn't being shy about being like, fuck this movie. I want it to burn in hell, you know, um, as they depict in the movie, Mank, you guys remember Mank from last year, which mm-hmm. I think was that nominated for best picture. Oh, definitely. It was. People th- I, it was another front runner at this time of year. People thought true. that Mank that's was going to win. And I will say, I probably I'm probably the biggest lover and defender of Mank. In the it's great, fine. It's a decent it's movie. Yeah. Um, but you're right. That's actually a funny point. You were totally right. This time last year, people were very much like, "What's up with maybe Mank? What about Mank though?" Mm-hmm. It's um, Fincher's time. It's black and white. It is Hollywood Fincher's loves time, to yeah. eat its own butthole. What I would love. Here's what I would love. Um, speaking of Fincher, I would love Fincher to win for his movies making now called the killer with Michael Fassbender, where it's like an assassin movie. Cause that's really like, that's really fat, uh, Finch's bread and butters, like taking straight down the middle genre stuff and making and like, el- and like making it the best it can be. So it's like adding let him, Swiss buttercream, let him, let him win the Oscar for one of those, you know what I mean? Where he's just like making it perfect. And, nasty and great that would be that would be the real win you know like not curious case of benjamin button not <laughs> Mank, but really like you know the killer that would be good i i i've been quiet for a little bit in the background because uh robin was mentioning something that she hated and i i, I didn't see a good point to jack but uh you know it, it's funny because i had heard not Oscar buzz, but I certainly love the shit out of the card counter and I don't see that on anybody's list. Right. (laughs) And I'm just like, Oh fuck. Oscar Isaac is coming up a little bit. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's in two of the biggest films of the year. No, but I mean specifically for the card counter (laughs) and maybe that's just my critics groups that are putting him in the conversation. So maybe that feels like recency bias, but I was also just looking at 
at best picture. And I mean, to mm. me, that's, that's in the conversation for best. Picture, oh, yeah. You love, yeah, you love that one, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I love the hell out of that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. And you know, it, it, unfortunately his other film d- didn't do that well either in terms of Oscars and everything like that. Uh, the, the one about the, the priest, um, well, yeah, Ethan Hawke got snubbed for yeah. actor. I think he, I think should have did get nominated for a screenplay, if I remember. But yeah, I think it was. I think people people were expecting Hawke to get to get a nomination. He's somebody who hasn't won, which is kind of interesting when you think about. You know, he he was nominated for Training Day for writing Before Sunset, and is that it? And did he get not, another not nomination? For, boyhood, for boyhood, 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 yeah. boyhood. But he didn't win, right? Uh, Patricia Arquette won for Boyhood, but yeah, but uh, Hawk has never won. So I guess what are like wh- I don't know. Final thoughts on Belfast, right? What are, what are, what are like final Belfast thoughts? I mean, I I really liked it. I I probably won't be in my top ten of the year or anything like that. I mean, I, I did really really like it. Um, but um, I mean, I guess I can look at my letterbox, but but I I think it's probably right on the outside. That being said, it'll be a, a heavy recommend for kind of anybody I, that I talk to, you know, um, you know, because a lot of people ask me like, oh, what are the good, you know, what are the good ones coming up? You know, you know, and, and that'll be one I mentioned. It's no The Last Duel. The Last Duel is in my top five. I love that movie. So really? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like The Power of the Dog. I have higher than that, you know, and and uh, yeah, a few things. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, I have it. I, yeah, it's not in my top 10, but I liked it quite a bit. And um, you know, it's a movie I have really high that hasn't come out yet that I feel like nobody's going to have as high as me. That movie Cyrano, the Joe Wright movie. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I really, really like that movie. Yeah, I like oh, that good. movie Oh, good. All yeah. the um, screenings have been at like 2 p.m. That was mine. I don't know how I, <laughs> I, I was able to do it. I guess no, it was in daycare, so I was able to do it. But but um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I do think the way they do it is certainly like if you don't, get on the train with it you would be like no right it's definitely one of those movies like like a lot of joe wright movies i suppose mm-hmm. um, like you really have to buy in yeah like i think by minute five if you're like oh this is not working you got like, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit <laughs> a little bit yeah i think you gotta really <laughs> excuse me i think you gotta really steal yourself and be like all right here we go but um yeah, but it worked for me. Breath. It worked for me. But um, anyway, yeah. So I guess, Bill, what do you think, man? What what's what what's, uh, what's something we didn't talk about with Belfast that you want to tell the people about? Okay. Um, yeah. No. I I think I think one of the interesting things is I I just wasn't expecting it to be as uh, just kind of normal and everyday as it was. Um, Quotidian. <laughs> Yeah, that that it it just doesn't seem to have much of an edge. But I mean, in, in terms of you know long term and everything like that, I think I think we'll it'll be interesting to see how this plays because I think it's definitely tapering off in terms of uh, release dates and and how many theaters it's playing. Uh, it seems to be playing pretty wide right now, um, but you know your your city may vary in terms of that, uh, but hopefully they can get it out on VOD uh, for the holiday season. Cause I know if you want to create buzz, you gotta have it 
able to be seen. And I think a lot of people are probably going to either be avoiding it or, you know, uh, God bless them. They're, they're just going to stick with HBO max and just see all the movies on, on their own screens. So. Yeah. Is there anything? No, I, I, so as, as argumentative as I have been, which I recognize, I think one of the reasons I am so on my sticking points about this movie is because I just wanted it to be better. It's not that it's a terrible movie. There's plenty of movies that are came out this year that were absolutely horrible in my opinion, like cry macho. And this is not one of them. It's, it's a perfectly cromulent <laughs> movie. Two out of four stars. That means it was fair. It had, it had plenty of things going for it, but it, it just made me angry that something that could have been so great really went for some some predictable moments and just thought it would be a little more idiosyncratic. No, I hear that. I totally hear that. Um, well said. Yeah, just and my rewatched. God, if that wasn't just the best podcast episode ever. <laughs> oh my mean, God, the ghost returns. You know, I when, picture when, you just listening to that episode like it, uh, quietly for the last 40 minutes. I pray that's true. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, I definitely, I definitely didn't go watch uh, an episode of the new season of Tiger King while texting with a friend who was watching it at the same time. You there basic you bitch. There you go. Ah <laughs> oh, man, but yeah, what a what a rip snorting, just co- convalescent, nonsensical, you know, meeting of the minds that you all just had uh, when DJ Amen. Mecca said that one thing, and then Bill Oof. responded to it, and then Robin had her own thing to say. I mean, it was just poetry in motion. <laughs> Well said, Brian. Well said. Thank you. How was your Chick Fil A? Right. Yeah, how was your, how was how was John Doordash? How was the fight with <laughs> how Roger Doordash? Door 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 wars. Luckily, I just had to speak to one of those like automated things where I just like it was like, hey, the guy said it got to you. Did it not get to you? And I was like, no. And they're like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, all right. Do you want us to send it to you again? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And did you yeah. get it? I did. I got it the second time. That guy didn't. Hey, have any come on. Me. Way to go. Yes. Um, so that was interesting. And uh, and yeah, like I said, I watched uh, the second to last episode of Tiger King uh, with my friend Melissa texting me as we watched. Um, the- oh, second screen experience. <laughs> yeah, well, that. it's so this is what she and I did when the pandemic first started and the original Tiger King came out. So she texted me on Friday and was like, I, I'm going to watch this and you can't let me watch it alone. And I was like, all right, fine. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, Belfast out in theaters now, so check it out. Uh, don't forget that we are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema that brings you exceptional films from around the globe. Again, you can get a free 30-day trial subscription to Mubi by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. Robin Barr, what are we talking about next week? The House of Gucci. Oh, Gucci. I saw the House of Gucci. House of Gucci. I saw a trailer for that, and Erica turned to me, and she went... Lady Gaga's accent is terrible. <laughs> have you seen, but have you heard the real woman? It's not horrible. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> I just have to say that like that movie, every time I see an image from it or like a clip from it, it just feels like a Saturday Night Live thing. And that works. Wait. It's why I'm it's so fucking excited. hilarious. I, do, I can't I can't wait to see it. I'm so excited. It's absolutely hilarious. There is and a, it's yeah. totally dramatic, but I was laughing. I had a great time. There is a high possibility okay. that I will not be able to see that movie as well. Uh, I'm just letting our listenership know. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't feel bad about that. 
<laughs> it's don't you just, ever apologize. Don't you like fun? Oh, wait, who am I talking to? <laughs> Thank you. Bro. That was very house kind. Of such a house, so house is so house of Gucci if you were. I know. Oh my so god. Gucci. Anyway, well, we'll see. You know, God only knows. I I didn't think I was gonna get to go and see Never Say Die or whatever the hell that movie was with James Bond. In no it. time to die. Yeah, no time to die. Uh, but I never did say die. Is that another one? No, I think Goonies never say die. Right. That is true. <laughs> There's you only live twice. Right. Right. There's then, never die alone. No, it's BMX. never say never, never say never again. Oh, the, yeah. the unofficial, the unofficial bonds. Yeah, that's that's thank you, Bill. I knew that there was one that was like that. But anyway, so yeah, we'll be talking about Hasaguchi. Uh, looking forward to that, I guess, because I love finding new reasons to believe that my faith that Adam Driver was a good actor was misplaced. He was the least good in this movie. Oh, come on, come on. That's another after, movie. I don't want to believe it. I don't after want to believe Annette, it. I'm just like, ooh, did I like make a wrong choice? The last also, duel. No, you, he's you, great. Did in anybody last see duel. the last duel? No, he's I haven't really had time to go see duel. the movies that we talk he's about. So Mecca. good in the last duel. And in fact, yeah. I lobbied very hard for us to talk about the last duel on this podcast, and I was outvoted. I don't well, even know. In if that's fairness, true. I just know it's that we not, didn't do it's it. It's not. It's not Robin or Bill's fault that literally nobody saw The Last Duel and it's not even... Oh, instead we, we talked about the fucking fault. populist hit that is Tatan. I mean, well, that movie is definitely getting a lot more buzz, I have to Yeah, tell. I hate to agree with Robin. She's right. Anyway. It's going to be an Oscar nominee and possible winner. Yeah, oh, true. Christ, true. what a fucking nightmare. Anyway. <laughs> Ugh. Not I could only deserves it. I could only be more upset if Annette won something. <laughs> well, maybe music. V- oh, I thought well, you were going to say VFX puppetry. for that fucking baby. <laughs> no, <funny>. no. <gasps> Wouldn't it be amazing if we got that baby as swag? As, as like as in promo? Oh, oh my Shit. fucking God. Please. Coffee table books and wine are out. Baby Annette puppets are in. <laughs> I would... I would die of happiness if I got a baby in it puppet because that's going straight into my office. <laughs> I, how would you even sleep in a house that had a baby in it puppet in it? I don't have to sleep in my office. I, I said a house. I don't even care if it's not in the place that you're actually sleeping. Just knowing that it was within the four walls of my home would make me scared. But anyway, apparently I'm alone in that thought. Anyway, so we're here to get out of here. Well, I'm back to help us get out of here, though apparently I've made us extend the uh, length of this episode by another 30 minutes. Hamilton. Yes, indeed. So uh, final thing, patreon.com slash the film stage to give us your money. Um, So that's it. Let's tell the fine people at home where we can be found between now and the next time that we are uh, shouting uh, vaguely incoherently into their ears. We begin, of course, with our guest, DJ Mecca. Where can people find your work online? <laughs> every time. I love it every time. Um, I am on Twitter at DJ Mecca, and I write for the film <laughs> stage, if you've ever heard of it. And then, of course, me and Connor O'Donnell do the podcast, The B-Side, which is for the film stage, um, a sister podcast to the lovely film stage show. And we just did an episode on Gene Wilder, which was very fun. And... We our next episode is going to be about the B sides of Paul Newman. Ever heard of him? The oh, the dressing, salad dressing guy, the salad my dressing king enemy. himself. I'm sorry, your uncle enemy. Newman's own. Oh yeah, my uncle hates him. Like 
every time we talk about actors, he'll go on a rant about how much he hates Paul Newman. Does your uncle know he is no longer alive? Is he aware? It doesn't matter. Did your <laughs> uncle kill matter. him? Did your uncle kill Paul Newman? That's I the that's the, be- the better him. question. Did he wait? Yeah. Where, where was your that, Where that was your uncle on the night of death. Paul Newman's death? That's what we need to know. Is where this was uncle, your uncle like your dad's brother? My mother's brother. Oh, okay. See, if it was your dad's brother, I would believe that he possibly killed Newman. Oh, no, my father didn't have a brother. Okay. But I just, like, my only reference to Paul Newman in my life is just hearing about how horrible he is. But did, was it like a personal thing? Like, did he? I don't know. I, I have a feeling just if I was going to read into the pathology of this, I would say that my uncle wished that he had Paul Newman's career and he didn't believe Paul Newman deserved his career, but on my the, uncle is not an actor. I was about to say on the acting side or on the food side? Definitely on the acting side. <laughs> but my uncle was not an actor, so I don't understand. But your, your uncle did hate salad dressing, so there it is. We yeah, your uncle it. always believed he could make a better ranch and he was yeah. pissed off that Paul Newman got the opportunity to. But your uncle was like, <laughs> I hate Italian dressing. I always have. And Newman's own, <laughs> all the charity. Um, I had a better flavorless version of Oreos, and then that freaking Newman <laughs> made Newmanos. <laughs> Newmanos. Isn't there like a Newman's own Oreos? Never. Who knows? Who knows? It. Bill, look it up. <laughs> I will say the Whole Foods version of Oreos are better than the real thing. So that's my wow. point. Wow, what a yeah. way to shill for Amazon. Now we got to get out of this episode. I know, I, so Jeff Bezos, painful. where's my cut? Yes, he has He has a, a Newman's Own version of Oreos. And what are they called? Oreos Newman's Own? <laughs> Newman, Newman-os. Oh, I was right. My God. They're Hell not yeah. Newman-os. I fucking told they are you. They're literally Newman-os. That's... I don't know what to tell you, Robin. Painful. Bizarre. Go to your grocery store and pick up a... Friggin' amazing organic Numinos. No, go to Whole Foods, table. get the sandwich creams mixed black and white. I highly recommend it. Go on Amazon or Etsy, good, or not I, Etsy, eBay, and buy some want, Hydrox. Just regular Oreos are fucking. Oh, they taste fucking here. weird now. They're they're too chemical flavored for me. So that's it. Uh, so we we heard from uh, DJ Mecca. <laughs> And uh, we know where to find him online. So let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to Bill Graham. Where can people find your shit online? Uh, you can find my shit online on uh, Instagram at Billstagram. You can also find me on Twitter. Uh, I do not tweet very much at all. Um, but uh, better if I gave my address uh, at CableBFG. Um, but I'm also mixing it up on the Slack channel. Uh, the uh, sports channel is uh, very live, and uh, DJ Mecca is part of that. So I'm I'm oh, proud to see yeah. him. I'm proud to see him in there mixing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you're gonna talk about LeBron. I'm gonna say something on that sports channel. I'm gonna defend my guy. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, because if there's any human being who needs defense from four people on the internet, it's LeBron. No, dude, no, way more than that. Guy gets a lot of hate. He's a good oh, not guy. in our Slack channel. I don't want to hear about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. he does. He does in our Slack channel. He gets hate. Yeah. yeah he gets hate. But Why? yeah, four he, people, but whatever. Because he was in the, he he was, the, was he the one in the uh, the new uh, the new Space Jam movie? Yeah, but that's not yes. why. It's not why. There's, I mean, it's a reason, though, right? Like. Sure, it's an easy target, no doubt. People, the, people the should be angry. About easy that. target, no doubt. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. Uh, well, that's fantastic. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna go listen to to, to DJ Mecca, <laughs> can, can, I keep Christ. putting the button away, thinking we're done saying your name. Um, yeah, and uh, and you can mix it up with Bill in the Slack channel. Anyway, Robin Barr, where can people find your work online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at R O B Y N B A H R. You can also find me on Letterboxd and oh. I'm around, whatever. Well, you, you you can you can find her on the Slack channel. She's uh, the queen of the food channel. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm also the queen of like being a bitch head uh, <laughs> in different areas of the Slack channel, which is very fun. Um, shitting on all the things that you love. Oh, uh, what about an orb report? Wait, I was about to oh, ask. Was there an yeah. orb report for this movie? No, there wasn't. I, but I've seen Catriona Bell's orbs like a lot. Uh, it's yeah. it's almost just like whatever hello out draw them from memory now exactly yeah pretty much i i've never noticed them that much before so whatever aren't they like sure prominently displayed in the show yeah but you know there are sometimes we're like whoa daddy and then other times you're like whatever so i don't know i i was gonna say something but i i worry that it would be viewed as slandering an actor's talent so i'm gonna say it off mic um when i when i finish recording this episode Anyway, uh, as for me, uh, if you'd like more of the blistering insights that I brought to this episode, or if you'd just like <laughs> to see my eventual reaction to the movie that you all talked about today, uh, you can follow me on uh, the Twitters at Brian J. Rowan. Uh, every, everywhere I'm at Brian J. Rowan. Um, I took uh, some professional photographs of a concert that happened at the campus. Uh, you can check those out on uh, Instagram at Brian J. Rowan. And of course, you can go to brianjerone.com and whatever. Um, Schmidtspirits.com for uh, my distillery where you can uh, drink stuff. So that is it. Don't forget that you can find every episode of this here podcast over at thefilmstage.com. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. So thank you so much for joining us and tune in next time. The trenches dug within our hearts. And mother's children bring-